Hello, my good friends. This is Dan Jones, and I have another quiet talk for you. I'm still at it. I hope they're blessing you. Jesus said, salt is good. In a rather tongue-in-cheek manner, I quote this verse to people who warn me about the dangers of eating salt. I can't imagine food with no salt ever. I would definitely not be eating scrambled eggs anymore. But in a serious scriptural vein here, consider another salty verse from my friend Paul in Colossians 4, 6. It says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So Paul's talking about Christians having salty speech here, but maybe not like you're thinking. Usually when we say a person's talk is salty, it means they use coarse language, but that's not what this verse is talking about. Let's go back to Jesus for a minute, and then we're going to talk more about that verse from Colossians. Jesus famously said to his followers, you are the salt of the earth. What did he mean? I think what he said in the next verse or right after that gives, gives us a clue. After telling us we're the salt of the earth, he said, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. In ancient times, salt was used as a currency and was highly prized. It's hard for us to imagine that since uh, today salt is one of the cheapest items in your grocery cart, but it's true. So what did Jesus mean about salt losing its saltiness? Well, just like today, ancient leaders sometimes inflated their currency as a sneaky way of taxing the people. Other inert ingredients would be added so that the weight would be the same, but there was actually less real salt. So the result would be salt that wasn't as salty. If you kept this up pretty soon, what you were dealing with didn't much have the quality of salt at all. It was good for nothing but to be thrown out in the street. Another important thing to understand about what salt meant to ancient people is that salt is a preservative. Long sea voyages would have been impossible without salt to preserve the food they took along on the ship. Of course, refrigeration didn't exist then, but salt did. But salt that had been corrupted in the way I've described wouldn't preserve anything. So when Jesus said that we are the salt of the earth, I believe the main idea is that the church is meant to be a preservative for human society. Even if everybody is not a true believer, the presence of the followers of Christ has a positive effect in a moral sense. 
Today, I think it's obvious to discerning people that to a great extent we have lost our usefulness as a societal, societal preservative. Moral decay is at a dangerous level. I think we've reached a tipping point in that respect. The remedy is clear. Peter said, For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Sometimes I think I should call my quiet talks meandering talks instead. I definitely do a lot of that. I'm really sort of a stream of consciousness preacher, I guess. So now back to Paul and his exhortation that our speech should be gracious, seasoned with salt. In this context, while the preservative idea is there in the background, I think the seasoning aspect of salt is now front and center. Our speech should be gracious. That means more than just being nice when we talk. Grace in the Bible is that divine enabling to live God's way. Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. He testified that his great kingdom work was not the result of his human talent and effort, but the grace of God. We need grace to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. And our talk to other people can be a means of communicating this grace. Do our words make other people want to seek God? Does what we say make people thirsty for God like salt makes us thirsty for water? Back in April, I shared a quiet talk called Watch Your Mouth. It was about the power of words. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Most of us think seldom about how influential our words are. God's word is powerful, and while we're not powerful like God, the fact remains that what we say to others has an effect on them for good or bad. Obviously, as Jesus' people, we want that effect to be good. We want to speak to others in such a way that, I, that they are drawn to God. So where does salt come in? If you do much cooking, you know that getting just the right amount of salt is vital to a good outcome. In our family, we've done a lot of baking over the years, mostly chocolate chip cookies, thousands and thousands of them. If you don't put any salt in the recipe, the cookies will be bland. If you put too much, well, you know what will happen. You have to have just the right amount of salt. Our speech should be gracious. In other words, it should lead people toward the Lord. So we need just the right amount of God talk. If you're always preaching to everybody, 
That's like putting a half cup of salt in the cookies instead of a teaspoon, like you're supposed to. If you never say anything about the Lord at all, you are spiritually bland. Just that right touch of salt is called for. Again, salt makes us thirsty. Just the right word at the right time can cause others to think about their relationship to God. This kind of thing calls for some precision, and when it comes to the things we say, some of us are anything but precise. So how can we do better? Simple. What you say comes out of what's inside you. What are you filling your mind and your heart with? Facebook, television, People magazine? If you've been listening to me very long, you know where this is going. Fill your mind with God's Word. Jesus said, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. I want my speech to be gracious seasoned with salt. It is not always so, I confess. If this is an invitation to repent, my hand is up. God help me. Fill your soul with God's word, and then you will have less trouble with your tongue. One time when Jesus was speaking, we're told that the people marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his lips. Do you want to be like that? I do. I want people, after they've been in my presence, to be drawn to Christ. I want to be his advance man, somebody who prepares the way for him to enter a human heart and life. Let your speech always be gracious with just the right amount of salt the salt of the gospel that makes others thirsty for Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, our words are so important. What we say to others can affect their lives for good or bad. Death and life are truly in the power of the tongue. So, Father God, help us to guard our hearts, to fill our hearts with your word so that what comes out of our mouth will be gracious will be seasoned with salt that others might be brought to Christ. Help me in that, Lord God, especially. God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and help me to use my words for the sake of bringing others to Jesus Christ. In his precious holy name we pray. Amen. My dear friend, I don't think I've mentioned this in a while, but if you're kind of new to these quiet talks and you click on this uh, link and you might be curious about some previous quiet talks. I've done over 80 of them so far. I believe it still says this at the top of the page. You'll see the small words, all episodes. Click on that and you'll see all the previous episodes of Quiet Talk with me, Dan Jones. And please email me at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.